Did you bring a Bible tonight on you? Or a phone or an iPad, whatever. My guys laugh at me because I still do paper. I tote paper around in my hand. So there did somebody was doing a skit of me the other day and they because I had paper. Hey, I like my paper, okay? The batteries never run down. <laughs> uh, turn with me, if you would, to Luke the 11th chapter in praying about my part in the meeting. Uh, and I appreciate getting to be with you. Uh, Phyllis, my wife, and I, we hold your pastors in high regard and the, media, the, the church and the ministry that you guys have. It's, uh, again, it's no accident that you're still stronger than ever now after 20 years. Amen. That's that's no accident. Something, something's going on that God can bless, that he can confirm, that he can support, he can keep. And so that's the kind of thing, as Pastor was saying, that you want to get behind and you want to, you want to be a part of that. In uh, Luke, the 11th chapter, the Master is speaking, and in verse 1 we'll begin... You in a big rush tonight? No. Huh? No. These are special meetings, right? I mean, and uh, uh, as far as I know, we, we're expecting to be back tomorrow night. Is that, is that right? So, uh, uh, <laughs> so you, was that funny? Or? In Luke 11, did you find it? Verse 1. It came to pass that as Jesus was praying, you know Jesus prayed? Sometimes all night long. You know, before he chose uh, the 12 disciples, he prayed all night long. And it was right after that that he went, he prayed all night long, I guess he didn't sleep. And then that next day is when he told them who the 12 disciples that would be his inner circle and follow him would be. You know, their names are, are going to be written in the foundation of the heavenly city, the new city. So how many know it was important to get the right 12? <laughs> and I don't think it's a coincidence, well, you know it's not, that he prayed all night long before he did that. And because he's operating as a man, and he got that direction. And what I'm saying is, if Jesus needs to pray, I need to pray. You need to pray. If sometimes he prayed all night long, did I lose somebody? I lost, I lost somebody. Did you feel that? It was just an unhook, like, uh-oh, I know what he's going to say. Hey, if, if sometimes Jesus needed to pray all night long, when some big thing was going on in life and ministry, then the servant's not above his master. If he needed to do it, help, help, help your neighbor out. Look at him and say, if he needed to do it, you need to do it. <laughs> Is that right? Now let's get a little closer to home. Say, if he needed to do it, I need to, I need to do it. I need to do it. You need to do what? Pray. 
pray. Commune with God. Talk to him and listen. Listen. Not, not just do all the talking, but listen. So he was praying, and one of the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And this, he gave them what we call the Lord's Prayer. He said, when you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, uh, as, in, as in heaven, so in earth. This lets you know that everything that's happening in the earth right now is not the will of God. Not everything that's happening is the will of God in the earth. If it is, because people, people like to say God is in control. That, that's that's a, a favorite phrase amongst church people. And if you're talking about ultimately the plan of God is going to be, I'm talking about the big plan, uh, he's going to see to it that it happens, then yes, that is going to happen. But that whether you and I get to be a part of it or not is up to us. Are y'all listening? Because he can do it without us. Now he's got to have somebody, but it doesn't have to be you or me. Now, he does need us. Don't misunderstand me. Saying the Lord doesn't need us. I heard somebody say the other day, uh, well, you know, we need him. He doesn't need us. That's absolutely wrong. That's like saying your head doesn't need your body. Hmm? Oh, no. He, he needs people that will listen to him, that will obey him, that will do. But, you know, there's a lot of people around. And if one won't step up, he can use another. And he can, one thing I learned some years ago, and this is interesting, no, I won't teach on it, but he can do things more than one way. You may need to meditate on that a little bit. He can do things more than one way. But uh, he, he said, thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive our, us our sins for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil, from evil and, somebody say and. and. So see that's not the end of this uh, teaching and discourse. And uh, he said which of you shall have a friend and shall go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. We'd say, Don't bother me. The door is shut. My children are with me in bed. In other words, we're all in bed. I cannot rise and give you. I say to you, Jesus said, I say to you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Now, 
Keep, keep in context, Jesus was doing what? Praying. And then they asked him, teach us how to pray. And he gives them what we call the Lord's Prayer, but that wasn't the whole thing. If you just stop right there, this is part of what he told them, isn't it? Tells them a story about going and beating on somebody's door at midnight and asking for some food. What's that, what's that got to do with, with prayer? Must have something to do with it. Because this is what he told them. And notice the rest. This is, this is not the end of it yet. He says, and, verse 9, are you there? What does and mean? Not through talking, right? What we just got through saying is connected with what we we're about to say. And I say to you, ask. Somebody say ask. ask. This, this was the, the, the culmination. This was the summary of everything that he has said to them from verse 1 till now. This is the point where if you understand what I'm telling you, this is how you implement it. This is how you become a doer of it. And he told them three things. And that's the title of my message today. The three things he told them. What did he tell them? Come on, help me out. Ask, and what would happen? What would happen? Well, you just never know. What, what God's, there's a lot more people believe that than what I'm, you know, than what he actually said, what I'm about to read now. What did Jesus say? Ask, it shall be given you. What was the next thing? Seek. Seek, and, and what will happen? You shall, shall is a strong word. You, you can substitute the word will for it. You will find it. You shall find it. You will. Seek. What's the next one? Knock. And what will happen? It'll be open to you. And he, then he reiterates it. Are you there in verse 10? For, now is everybody awake? Are you listening? Who does this work for? Everybody that does it. What's the very next thing say? For what? How many? Up to 80% success. Huh? 85 something. What? What? Everyone. Somebody say everyone. Everyone that asks like he told you to ask receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks It'll be opened. And he's, he's still not done. If a son shall do what? Ask. That's what he just got through saying to do. So if a son would ask bread of uh, any of you that's a father, will he give him a stone? You know, the father's got some fresh hot bread and his son's hungry. He says, Daddy, let me have some of that hot bread. He said, here's a rock. <laughs> Chow down on this. Now, now, we're laughing. But much of the religious world, Christian world, is taught in seminaries. 
you might ask for longevity and it might be God's will for you to die young. You just don't know. Or you might ask God to heal you, but it might not be his will. He might get more glory out of you showing fortitude, suffering with cancer or something. Well, that's a rock. Huh? That ain't bread. That's a rock. And it goes on to say something else. It said, and if, if he asks for a fish, will he give him what? A snake. A serpent. Well, a serpent will bite you. Serpent can hurt you. Serpent can kill you. You say, Daddy, I see you got a bunch of fresh fish here. I'd sure like to have some fresh fish. Let's have a fish fry. And he said, I also caught this poisonous snake. Here. I know you don't understand it. But it's my will that you have the snake. I know it's a mystery to you, but, but I'll be glorified in, in, go ahead and take the snake. There's a lot more people believe that than what we believe about it. But let's come back to what Jesus actually said. Come on, church, are y'all with me? What, what did the master say? Now, if he had said these things, then okay, let's submit to what he said. But this is not what he said. He didn't say, it's my will for you to be broke and sick and defeated and that I'll get more glory that way. Never in all the thousands of people that were healed in Jesus' ministry, never did he once look at one and say, I'm sorry, it's not God's will to heal you. Not one time. In order for something to be scriptural, you know what you need? Scriptures for it. And there is not one scripture for that unscriptural doctrine. The Father doesn't want you to have a stone. He wants you to have bread. In fact, on one of the healings, he said, healing is the children's bread. Well, that means it belongs to you. Jesus bought it and paid for it. Somebody say it out loud. Healing is my bread. It belongs to me. You know, I'm glad he didn't say healing is the children's dessert. Because that would be, you know, something special that you might get or you might not. Bread is a staple. Amen. Is that right? Yeah. Say it out loud. Healing belongs, to me. Healing belongs to me. Jesus bought it. Jesus he, paid for it. he paid for it. It's mine. It's mine. I'm, a I'm a child of God. And healing belongs to me. Now, if you're not settled on that, don't quit till you do because this, this earth is filled with disease and problems and junk and it won't be long before you or somebody you know is going to need some healing. And if you're not settled in what you believe about it, then you won't be able to have faith for it. As long as you're questioning God's will about you being healed, you cannot have faith to be healed. Come on, did y'all hear me now? Cannot. Cannot. Faith comes by what? You got to hear something that settles it for you. And then when you know and you're sure, that's when you can have faith. And you can be bold. 
to receive. Keep, keep going. He said, uh, or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? What's the answer to these questions? Come on, help me out. What's the answer? Obvious answer. No. A good father, a good daddy, or a good mama is not going to give a hungry child a rock. Huh? Is not going to give a child a desire something good. A good fish meal. Give him a poisonous snake. No. Or just like to have some scrambled eggs. Here, try this scorpion. Now, we're laughing, but People go to seminary and read big books to learn these traditions that make the Word of God of none effect. I mean, if you listen to some of these folks, you will get so confused. You know, well, you know, God's, you know, is using the devil to further his mysterious will and plan. Listen. If God and the devil are working together, we can quit now. Is that I mean? Because what chance do we stand? <laughs> no. The one who steals, kills, and destroys, who's called the destroyer, he is not working with God. He is the enemy of God. He's the enemy of God. And what are we told to do? Anything that we can identify is of the devil, of the enemy. Resist it. Don't entertain it. Don't make excuses for it. Somebody say resist it. Resist, resist it. Resist it. That's a strong word. Resist it. And what will have to happen? He'll have to flee. But what if you don't resist? He won't flee. He will stay and steal and kill and destroy. And this is happening too many times. Times in the body of Christ. Which brings us back to this. Three things in this passage the Lord told us to do. And I know from some small ministry experience, church people as a general thing are not doing it. Phyllis, my wife, and I were talking about it recently. Situation after situation where even people that has been in our church and and been around things for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and they come up against some kind of crisis or situation, and the first thing we think about is the word, Are you, did you do this? Well, no, no, I hadn't thought about it. What? Say it out loud. Ask. Ask. Seek. Seek. Knock. Knock. Do what? Ask. Ask. Seek. Seek. Knock. Knock. What if you don't ask? What if you don't ask? Will you get it anyway? Some people seem to think so. There's this thing about, well, you know, the Lord knows better than me what I really need. And so I'm just going to leave it up to Him. You're going to do without. I said, you're going to do without. And says, well, well, no. I, well, you, you, listen. When the Lord says ask, he means for you to ask. And there are numerous reasons why that we don't fully understand. But there are spiritual laws that are involved. I said there are spiritual laws that are involved that we know very little about. 
And the language that's used, in, particularly in Romans and Galatians and other places, it's all judicial language. Advocate, intercessor, the judge, righteousness, condemned, all of these are legal terminology. And there is the high court of heaven. And what Jesus has done satisfied justice for us so that we don't have to get punished. Elsewise, we would be lost. But in, in that and in every aspect of our redemption, there are things that we must do that God will not do for us. Come on, are you listening? There is a, there's a lot of confusion about this. People say, well, I'm just, I'm just leaving it up to God. You can't leave up to God what he left to you, what he told you to do. And you'll find there are two segments of prayers that God just cannot answer. Two whole segments. <laughs> huh? Yeah. There are two whole segments of prayers. And if you, if you talked about body, body of Christ wide, millions of prayers God just cannot answer. What do you mean? One is if you're trying to get him to do what he told you to do. He is not going to change his word for you or me or anybody. He's not going to say, I know I told you to do that, but I just feel so sorry for you. Just, <laughs> let's just forget it. I'll take care of it. Somebody said, well, yeah, I think he will. You think wrong. You think he's going to change his word. That you can ignore what he, what he told you to do and you'll be fine and good anyway. Mm -mm. Doesn't work. And another thing that he can't do is if you're trying to get him to do what he's already done. You're, you're begging and pulling on him to do what he's already done. How does he answer that? Y'all are quiet. Are you okay? But let's just camp on this one for a bit. Three things he told us to do here. Huh? Ask. What else? Seek. Knock. Say it again. Ask. Seek. Knock. What are you going to do? You going to do some asking? Yes. Huh? Yes. Hallelujah. Ask, seek, knock. You don't have to turn there, but listen to this. In 2 Chronicles 26.5, the Lord said this to King Uzziah. Uh, let's see, I'm, I'm on the wrong place. Excuse me. Maybe that iPad would have been better. <laughs> I'm not ready for that one yet. Isaiah is where I want to be right now. Y'all okay? I'm okay. You okay? Isaiah 7 and 9. 
the latter part of it says, if you will not believe, surely you won't be established. And the Lord spoke again to Ahaz and he said, verse 11, ask. This is Isaiah 7, 11. Ask you a sign of the Lord. Now the Lord said this through the prophet to the king. Ask a sign of, the, of God. Ask it in either the depth or in the height above. Verse 12, but Ahaz said, I will not ask, neither will I tempt the Lord. And the Lord said, that's what I like about you. So humble. Uh -uh. This is Isaiah 7, 12, verse 11. The Lord had said, ask a sign of me. Ask it as big as you want to, as deep, as high, ask it. And Ahaz said, uh-uh, no, I will not ask. And I won't tempt the Lord. In verse 13, the Lord said, Hear now, you house of David. Is it a small thing for you to weary men? Will you weary my God also? When the Lord says ask, what do you reckon he means? See, we got to get rid of this religious, false humility, stupid junk. Amen. Because God doesn't play that. He wants you to take him seriously. He wants you to listen to him. And when he tells you to do something, there's a lot of reasons why he told you to do it. Many of them you don't see and understand yet. But if you trust him, help me out. If you trust him, what will you do? Ask. Ask. My father in the faith and strong influence in this church and ministry too, I know Kenneth Hagin Sr., who's in heaven now. And one of those divinely appointed visitations that he had, he said the Lord told him this. He said he's seeing the head of the church. This is an open vision. He said, uh, when any of my people have a procedure or a surgery or anything like that, he said, ask me to speed up the healing process. Is everybody listening? Yeah. Ask me to speed up the healing process working in them. Why? Well, it's, a, it's an invitation. Can you see that? It's, a, it's an access into that situation. Somebody say ask. 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 Does it matter if you ask or not? Huh? Yes. Go to Matthew 18. Let me, let's talk about this as a, as a common mistake that you see in our circles. Matthew 18. You got time for this? Yes. I want to take time to turn because I want you to I want your eyes to be on it because God is not overly technical. Now, I don't mean to leave this impression, but it's easy 
to get sloppy with the word and substitute your word for his word or leave out a phrase. Now, let me caution you. Many of our modern translations are not accurate. They shouldn't actually be called a translation. They're a paraphrase. And you got to watch. Well, that such and such is my favorite. Yeah, but is it accurate? What many of them are doing is they are telling you in the words and phrases they chose what they think God meant. Not actually what he said. I don't want anybody telling me what they think God meant. I got the Holy Spirit who lives inside me. Is that right? I got the author of the book. You do too. I want to know exactly what God said. Don't you? Well, then you're going to have to pay more attention. Hmm? And you got to watch about just grabbing this phrase and that phrase because there's a, we're going to see here in just a moment, one word that folks have gotten loose with and it makes a giant difference. What God actually said versus what people have built out of it. Uh, you know, of course, I'm a, I'm a Bible teacher and I might look at some of these things more than some other folks, but things like Young's literal translation, he's also the author of the book, Young's Concordance. Some of these people that spent a lifetime studying these things, some of them have real respect for it. And it doesn't read easy. The ancient languages actually read backwards from the way English does. But, and I'm not saying you can't use a modern translation. I am saying any time a question comes up, have you some kind of reference that you can go check that phrase out and look in some, some different ones and see what they're actually saying? Hmm? Because it matters. It matters. And uh, Matthew 18 Verse 19, 18, 19. Jesus said, again, I say to you that if any two of you shall agree on earth, not the end, as doing what? Touching anything that what? They shall ask. Somebody say ask. 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 Uh, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. I've heard a lot of folks say, you know, agree with me on this. Yes, and they say, yeah, I agree. Right. And, and that's it. Did they do the verse? No. no. If you didn't ask for anything, right. if you didn't ask the Father right. for something in Jesus' name, you didn't do this verse. Are y'all with me, friends? What are, you, what are you agreeing about? Well, we're agreeing that this is going to happen. Why would it happen? Well, we, we want God to do it. Did you ask him to do it? Well, he knows what I need, so you don't need to ask. Just ignore what Jesus said. 
No. Jesus said, ask. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do, child of God? Something comes up that you need. You want to you get it established from God's word and from seeking him by his spirit, what his will is on the subject, what he said about it, and then when you can be satisfied that you know he wants you to have it, hmm? lay hold of it. And what things soever you desire, when you pray, when you, when you pray and you ask for it, believe you receive it. In fact, Matthew's account, that's Mark 11, but Matthew 21 says, and all things, whatever you ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. But did you see you had to ask? So how would it go, whether it's husband and wives or, or whoever's going to say, well, you're going to act on this. Is this a significant thing, what Jesus said right here? If any two of you shall agree on earth. Okay, one, two, on planet earth. All right. As touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done. Whew. Powerful. From the master's words. It shall be done for them of my father which is in heaven. Hallelujah. Now don't tell people you can agree in prayer when you don't. Because it hurts you when you pray for things and it doesn't come to pass. It hurts your faith. Many times uh, people are just simply not ready to pray. Or you can't get somebody who wants you to agree with, some, agree with them about something to happen in their life. Is it God's will? Well, no, they just decided they want it to happen. Well, if you don't have a witness about it, don't tell them you can. And you will. And if they're, sometimes people are just missing it. Trying to make something go that way, and you don't want to support something that's wrong. Try to encourage them to try to believe for something that they're not. A lot of times the reason they're asking for your help is they're not convinced themselves. And what you've had is a lot of people just playing games with this stuff. And they never even asked. And nobody sought the word of the Lord about the thing to start with. The Lord spoke to my heart some years ago about this, about this very thing I'm talking to you. He said, Keith, if you'll be more selective, you'll be more effective. What do you mean? I don't just agree with any and everybody. Hmm? But when we do, it happens. I don't know if you like that or not. How many think if you actually did what Jesus is talking about right here, it would work? Huh? If you do what he's talking about right here, if you did this, will it work or not? It will. Now, if you did something that didn't work, then you didn't do what he told you to do. You did something else. Maybe you thought it was that, but. John 16. We're laying a foundation. Can you, can you take it? Can you handle it? I like things that work. Don't you? Yes. I don't care how flowery it sounds and if you make it a nice painting and put it on the wall. Does it work? Does it produce results? Because God is real. 
I said, he's real. And he hears prayers. And he answers prayers. And he does what he said he would do. And we don't have to pretend and we don't have to play, but we do have to listen. And we do have to do it, we do have to do it his way. Not try to make him adapt to us. Do it his way. The way he told us to do it. In John 16, verse 23, John 6, 23, 16, 23, Jesus said, in that day, you shall ask me nothing. Now, don't make this a blanket statement. There are other things to consider about this, but he's talking about prayer. Prayer proper is to the Father in Jesus' name. And what he's saying is that we're coming into the new covenant. And I'm going, I'm paraphrasing, that I will have paid the price and made access, direct access to the throne available to all of you. And you won't have to come and ask me to pray for you. You can come directly to the Father and ask him for things in my name. Now, a lot of religions have substituted saints. And you got people praying to saints to pray for them. Mediaries. Oh, I've I'm, I'm, I'm made so many mistakes. I'm not worthy to go to Jesus myself. I'll get Saint so-and-so to pray on my behalf, and maybe that saint will talk to this saint, and they'll get, it, they'll get the message to Jesus for me. No. No. The Bible said there is one God and one mediator. How many? How many? This is Timothy. One mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. How many? How many? One, one and only one. Oh, friend, this is, this is wonderful. This is liberating. You don't have to go to anybody. God will hear you. Just, not you plus somebody else. Just, just you. If you'll come to him with the right heart and in faith, he will hear you. Amen. We're talking about the creator of the universe. Thank you, Lord. The creator of the universe. Didn't the Bible say, having a great high priest that's passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us come boldly. Boldly unto the, not, not arrogantly, not arrogantly, not haughtily, not proudly. Boldly means confidently. Why are you bold? You're bold because you know. You're bold because you're sure. Hallelujah. You're sure Jesus has cleaned you up. Hallelujah. Made you holy, made you righteous, made you able to come in the presence of the Almighty. And you can come boldly before the very throne of grace to do what? Obtain mercy and, and get grace to help in the time of need. Reckon any asking would be involved in some of that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, th this is, 
This is more than just that you can. There's a lot of things other people cannot do for you. Especially when you have been saved for a while. Now, little children, the parents can pray for them just like you're praying for yourself. And receive for them. You can receive a healing for a child. Just like you're receiving it for yourself. But there come a point. Where God won't let you do that anymore. They may be 13. They may be 16. I don't know. But there will come a point. Where if you listen to him. You'll say I'm going to receive this for him. And he'll say no. They know me. I want them to come talk to me about it. Hmm? And you won't be able to receive for them anymore. You can receive with them. You can add your faith. You can be what we just got through reading there. If any two shall agree. But you can't just receive it for them and them not even believing. Especially when they reach adulthood. Right? They're 20 years old. They've been in church all their life and they want you to do all they're praying for? Not going to work. I said it's not going to work. Y'all okay? Verse 23. Jesus said, In that day you'll ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say to you, whatsoever you shall ask. Every time you see the word ask, I want you to say it out loud with me. Whatever you shall ask the Father in my name, he'll give it you. Hitherto, up till now, you have asked nothing in my name, but ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. You know, you would think he wanted you to ask. You would get that idea. Right? Ask. Go to James, please. I know I'm giving you some scripture, but I think you can handle it. And you know, you'll know I'm not just making this up as I go along. I mean, this is, we're reading it right out of the book. Not just my opinion and theory. James 5, verse 13. James 5, 13 says, is any sick among you? Excuse me, any among you afflicted? Read the next part. Let him turn in prayer requests. Same, same, right? Huh? Say it out loud. Let him pray. Or her, depending on. Let them pray. Is any merry? Let him sing songs. You know, what would you think if I came to you and said, you know, I'm feeling really merry? Sing. I feel merry. You sing for me. What would you think? Hey, buddy. You merry? Do what? Sing for yourself. Sing for yourself. Then he goes on to say, is any sick among you? And the implication here is somebody that is weak, beyond, almost beyond helping themselves. Let them call for the elders of the church and let them pray over them. But you know, it's unreasonable. If you say, well, you know, Brother Keith, 
How about you come do my laundry for me? You go, why? Are you sick? No, I'm fine. Just thought I'd get you to do it. <laughs> now, now you're laughing, but what's the difference? Pray for me. What about? Huh? What's wrong with you? Can't you pray for yourself? You see, some folks, some folks don't like that, do they? They're like, mm. I'm telling you, it'll get to a point where other people can't do what they used to do because you were a baby at one time. But you've been in a good church. You heard a lot of good word. God's answered prayers. Is that right? And it's already, it's okay to tote around a, a six-month-old. Huh? Or a two-year-old. Not a 22-year-old. Huh? Uh-uh. And if the 22-year-old's going, you go, hey, you're six foot tall. What's wrong with your legs? I mean, no. No. <laughs> and this is what this, the Bible says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And the Bible in Ephesians talks about speaking the truth in love. We grow up in him into the full measure of the stature of Christ. You won't do that without learning to do your own praying. And what God's plan is, now, that doesn't mean somebody else can't pray for you. But he intends that you get to the point where you can actually pray for babies and help them like somebody helped you. Right. Amen. And you're not pulling on somebody all the time. Do this for me. Help me. Believe, believe with me for this. And if it's right, okay. But what are you doing? What are you doing? Because all of us have a responsibility. I, everybody understands this. I, I couldn't receive Jesus for you as your Lord and Savior. Could I? No. I could pray for you. I could ask God to enlighten the eyes of your heart and understanding. I could break the power of darkness off of your mind in Jesus' name. I could ask the Lord to send laborers across your path. And he'll do it. I said, he'll do it. And he'll open people's eyes and he'll send messengers and laborers by and he'll bring them right to the point where they see it clear and it's a choice to be made. But he won't make that choice. He won't and we can't. He won't. He won't force anybody to receive, no matter if heaven and hell's in, in, in the balance. So if he won't do it for that, he certainly won't do it for lesser things. What did the Lord tell us to do? Help me out. He told us to ask, seek, and knock. Hallelujah. You got any time? Let's talk about seeking a little bit. Hmm? We talked about asking some. Are you going to ask? Something comes up, you're going to ask? Yes. I know uh, 
Phyllis and I have, we've acted on that since we heard uh, Brother Hagin say the Lord told him that about asking to speed up the healing process. And so I'll, I'll just tell you uh, an example of a prayer that we pray. You may already be doing it, but if not, you might, you might want to hear it. So if somebody, first of all, uh, if they're at their self and they're adult, they need to get clear in their spirit whether they should do it or not. Hmm? Not make decisions based on your faith. It's not your body. I said it's not your body. It's not your faith. And, and people have said, well, it's, you know, it's either, you know, either medicine and the surgery, you know, or it's faith. Oh, no. 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 Don't you dare let them roll you into a cold operating room without you have prayed. And you got some faith. Hmm? And, uh, you know, th there are too many variables in this. There are some people who would still be alive today in the church if they'd have had a surgery. And there's some people uh, that shouldn't have had the surgery. They'd still be alive if they hadn't had the surgery. Men don't know everything. Amen. And you should never just put your life, your well-being, everything in the hands of another man or woman. I don't care what kind of expert they are. Amen. Never do that. Amen. Not a lawyer, not an accountant, not a preacher. That's a place only your Jesus should have. Hmm? And you go in front of him, and what do you do? You ask and you seek. You say, Lord, what should I do on this? Somebody say, well, he could, he could heal me without it. Yeah, and he could put you on the moon in the blink of an eye. What he can do is not the same as what you believe, where your faith is. It's not the same. It's not, it's not based on the results. It's not based on what God can do. How many times did you hear the master say to people in, in his ministry that got healed, according to your faith, as you have believed, not according to my power, not according to what I can do, according to your faith. And so even with loved ones, you've got to watch this with your parents with your brother, sister, your spouse, whoever it is. Don't say, well, we're just going to believe God and get this. It's not your body. And it's not just your faith. And you can't just believe for something for an adult apart from them and over them. Now, this, this will answer some questions. Because there's people that's got offended at God and quit coming to church because they call themselves believing for mama to be healed and mama didn't get healed. Question is, what was mama believing? Well, she didn't believe in healing. Well, y'all, there was no agreement there. Yeah, but I was, yeah, but you don't have that right. You don't have that authority. You got authority over evil spirits, not human spirits. No. So what you do, you got to talk to people, see where their faith is. And then hook your faith with them if you, if you got it in your heart to agree. I had the privilege of teaching in Brother Hagin's healing school for a number of years. 
And we had a man that came, and then he got really, really ill, and they had to take him with uh, emergency folks to the hospital, and he was in intensive care. He was getting worse every few hours, and they didn't expect him to live past the day and night. And uh, I was learning some things. I'd been doing it for a few years, and, and, and the Lord was dealing with me about this. It's not just what you think you can believe. I barely knew this man. He just came for ministry. But I went and, and, and I went by to see him. And they had him on such heavy pain meds, he was almost delirious. He was conscious, but he was in a bad way. And he had lived through that night, but um, they didn't expect him to live through the next day. And this is what the Lord prompted me to say. I said, Brother, I know you're hurting. I, I'm sorry that you're. How many of the Bible said, Weep with them that weep? You know, somebody's hurting and going through something. Uh, don't just try to tell them what you, what you believe. And, um, you know, unless you've been through that and come through that, it's just theory. It's a good word. Hmm? Amen. And so I, I said, Brother, I, this is what came up in my heart. See what you think about it. I said, I think you and I could pray. And it's this prayer, Matthew 18, prayer of agreement. I think you and I could pray and ask God to help and minister to you, and you wouldn't get any worse. <laughs> Couldn't God just heal him and him jump out of bed? Oh, yeah. But why didn't you just uh, do that? Why didn't Jesus do it? Why didn't he clear out all the, you know, he, he walked up and healed one man in those five porches full of sick people and walked off and left the rest. See, people have had a wrong idea that if you had enough faith, you'd just go clean out the hospital. Why hadn't somebody already done it? In all these generations since the church? Jesus actually said this, I can of my own self do nothing. Did he say it or not? He said, I only, only do what I see the Father do. I only say what I hear him say. You can't separate faith and exercising authority from being led by the Spirit. There are just so many parts of this we don't know. We gotta, you got to pray. And you got to rely on him. Let him show you. He looked at me with tears and in pain, and he said, uh-huh. So we did. I took his hand, and, and, and we asked the Lord to minister to him and, and spoke over it that he would not get worse. And 24 hours later, what do you think? He was no better, but he was no worse. I said, well, that's no big deal. Hey, when you were supposed to be dead yesterday, this is a big deal. If, if we can just stop, this downward slide, you got time. Come on, can you see that? If we could just stop it, getting worse by the moment. And so uh, I looked at him, I said, uh, I just talked to the nurse. They say you are no worse. He said, hmm? And he lifted his hand like that. I lifted my hands, and we had a celebration. Over what? Over not getting worse. Don't despise a day of small beginnings. Don't, don't despise. Hey, a victory is a victory. Is that right? 
And so now he's encouraged some. But see, what if you had prayed for something? I'm going to believe God that you jump out of bed 100% right now and nothing happened because he, he's hardly able to pay attention and I can't just do anything because I want to. I'm, I'm not God. Then he wouldn't have been encouraged at all. Hmm? And so I said, uh, I said, this is what I got in my heart today. He already knew. I said, uh, I believe you and I could agree and pray about this and you'd be some better tomorrow. You'd be noticeably, measurably better. He said, let's do it. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think? What? Did the Lord say, if any two of you will agree on earth as touching anything that you, you ask, you ask, you ask, it'll be done for you of my Father which is in heaven. He said, Jesus said, ask that your joy may be full. Ask. Well, your joy is not full when you lay in there delirious in pain and by your life's about to be cut short. There's no joy in that. Not God's will. I came back the next day, we did it again. Came back the next day, we did it again. And of course, he's still, you know, he's kind of in a bad way, but He's not worse. In fact, he's better. And a little better the next than he was the day before. Well, I got busy doing something else. And I came back about three or four days later to check. And they said, oh, he's gone. He's gone home. <laughs> not heaven, to the house. <laughs> just, just hearing that, you know is a miracle because he was dying. He was trying to catch his next breath. How quickly things can change if we actually do what he told us to do instead of playing church, hmm? instead of doing a bunch of religious stuff he never told us to do. Religion makes beggars out of men and women. You'll see this. Religion makes beggars. Just what do you do? Beg, beg, beg. Beg, beg, beg God to heal you, beg. Well, what if he don't? Well, it must not have been his will. Zero faith. No faith. Faith is persuaded of something. Faith is confident about something. What I was saying about that, and we have seen such marvelous results. We've seen, I've seen amazing miracles. I have seen tumors disappear under my hand. I felt it go away. When I took my hand away, it wasn't there. And the woman said, where'd it go? <laughs> and I think it's, who cares? It's gone. You know? <laughs> I've, I've seen broken bones knit back together that quick. Just that quick. But I've also seen miracles of people that were supposed to be dead 20 years ago and people that... Uh, had a procedure and God did something that the men and women thought couldn't be done. We had a man in healing school that had a, a massive brain tumor. And it's, this was back when the city of faith was, was there in Tulsa. Wonderful place. I mean, every nurse and doctor would pray for you and probably speak in tongues. Amazing. That was Brother Oral Roberts' vision. And uh, 
Anyway, this man had come to Brother Hagin's ministry, healing school, as a very last resort. He couldn't get anybody that would agree to operate on it. They said it had grown so large and that it had tentacles down into different parts of the brain that to remove it would just destroy the brain. You couldn't get it out without destroying the brain. And he had tried several of the most renowned, you know, surgeons and places in the country. Nobody would touch it. They said, no. Isn't that devilish? Tentacles in the brain? That's the devil. And so he was there and we had a healing line and I laid hands on him and cursed that thing. You know, Jesus cursed the fig tree. You remember that? And it dried up from the roots. That's under the ground where you couldn't see. And then not too long after it showed up on the outside. And so we, I laid hands on his head and in the name of Jesus, the mighty name of Jesus, we cursed that thing, commanded it to die. Well, he couldn't tell or feel any difference that he knew of. He just knew they told him he wouldn't live much longer. And one of the renowned surgeons at um, ORU agreed to do it. He said he would pray and believe God and do it. And so the man decided he wanted to go ahead even after prayer. To, to do the surgery. So we said, well, should he or not? You got, you got to be led by the Spirit. There are just too many variables in all these things. You just, just pray and ask and listen. Seek and follow what he tells you. Well, he felt impressed to go have it. And, and finally, somebody agreed that they would. Well, they told us later. I, I wasn't there, obviously. But he, they told us later, and the man was asleep, that they opened him up, and it was even worse than they thought. And every time they tried to, to use some kind of scalpel to cut it or remove it or something, it was just too ingrown into the tissue. And, and, and the doctor, you know, they mopped his brow and he worked for I don't know how many hours. And they finally, he said, just give me just a minute. And he stood over on the side and he's a praying man. He's a faith man. He's praying and believing God and and then he went back over and he, he took some kind of instrument to pull on it and the whole thing just fell out. And the roots were dead. <laughs> they were dead. The whole thing, when he, when he started to put it, the whole thing just pulled out and came out. So he didn't have to do any kind of incision anywhere. He just put the man's scalp and scalp back together and he was free and healed. Somebody say glory to God. Well, that, that was a surgery, but was God involved in that? Oh, well, you know he was. And so a lot of times what we'll do if somebody gets it in their heart, yeah, I believe I'd. What you got to do is you think about, well, if, if, I, if I don't have this, what kind of confidence do I have? That I'm going to be good, I'm going to be okay. Because one of the big things you got, rid of, got to get rid of is the fear. You're not in faith right. as long as the fear is gripping you. That's right. You got to overcome the fear. Yeah. So will I have less fear? If you're afraid of doing the surgery, can you see that? Yeah. That's a problem too. You got to get rid of the fear. You got to get to the point where you have a confidence that you can see an outcome by faith. Right. I don't do this, but I'll be fine. 
I will do this and I'll be good. Yes. They'll take care of this. And, and, and so this is how we pray for people that do. Lord, we ask you, and you do this like the day before, night before, days before. Lord, whoever's involved in this, help them to get some good sleep. Tell about the surgeon, the assistants. We pray your hand on them. Pray your hand on every piece of equipment. Lord, we ask for your presence and your Holy Spirit in that operating room. And that you, you touch their minds, guide their eyes, guide their fingers, guide their equipment. Keep them back from making mistakes or doing anything they don't need to do. Reveal to them by your spirit anything they do need to do. Help them to do perfect work. I have seen several of these men and women that I prayed for that didn't know we prayed for them and they came out after the surgery and they're beaming. <laughs> and you can tell, uh, for lack of a better word, they're so proud of the work they just did. They, why? They had, they had help. They had help. <laughs> we had a procedure here recently that somebody was going to have and, and uh, uh, the, the specialist who was renowned, he said, well, no, that, we can't do that. Our, you know, medicine is just not at the place where it can do that in the person. Well, this is actually what he said. He said, that would take a miracle. <laughs> and the person said, we believe in miracles. <laughs> And they knew they were at the right place when he turned around and said, I do too. And, and they said, we'll pray for you. And he decided, okay. And sure enough, they got their miracle. They were able to do what, and, and it was an advancement in their uh, specialty. But once you've prayed that, then what the, what the Lord told Brother Hagin to do, what do you do? Lord, we ask you to speed up the healing process. You know, in the body, it'll work. God put healing in the body. He, he made it that way. He put some in there. Well, where that came from, there's more. Yes. Ask him to heal up the body, uh, increase, quicken it. And sometimes I'll say this too. Lord, uh, cause them to heal up quickly, correctly, and completely. Yes. I'm asking you, to speed up the healing process working in them. And we have seen so many amazing results that way. But can, why am I talking about all this? We asked. Did you hear that? The Lord, did the Lord tell us to ask? Okay. So we asked. And that gave him access. And that gave him a right. Hallelujah. Now the, uh, uh, actually for time's sake, just go to, Go to John 14, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save seeking for tomorrow night. Can you, can you come back? Or? <clears throat> At least I think I am. We asked him to give us what we needed, right? I'm, I'm believing that's happening. I'm, in John 14, as I mentioned this a moment ago, but let's talk about it a little bit further. John 14, 12, well, verse 11, Jesus said, believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father in me, 14, 12 of John, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say to you, 
He that believes in me, the works that I do, he shall do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you will ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now you might say, well, isn't it just two chapters later in chapter 16? He said, in that day you'll, you'll ask me nothing. Yeah, because this is not prayer. Now you'll have to study this out a little bit on your own. Mark 11, 23 and 24. Anybody familiar with it? Hmm? Mark, Mark 11, 24 is prayer. Verse 23 is not prayer. There are times you should pray, and there are times you should not pray. You should say. Hmm? Mark eleven twenty three. how does it go? Whoever say to this mountain, is that prayer? Huh? Whoever will pray to the Father, oh God, move this mountain. Mm -mm. That's prayer. This is not prayer. This is not you talking to God. This is you talking to the mountain. And a lot of times you got people praying and begging when they should be saying. And so, well, how do I know when to pray and when to say? It's not that hard. Every good gift, every perfect gift comes down from the Father. Big mountain problems that's in your way didn't come from the Father. You don't rebuke and bind stuff that comes from God. <laughs> but you do speak against the work of the enemy, things that come to harass, to hinder, to steal, kill, destroy, there are many times you don't need to be praying and begging God to do something about that because he told us to do something about it. And this word ask here, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. That same word in a couple of other places is translated demand. Demand. Are you demanding something of God? Absolutely not. No. You're demanding something of the enemy. And do we see Jesus doing that? Did he, did he rebuke the storm? Did he curse the fig tree? And then did his disciples do similar things? And that's what he said. If you believe on me, the works I did, you will do also. And greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father. This is exercising our authority in the name of Jesus. And many people are not doing this. And this is part of what I was saying, that you'll hear people, they got some kind of situation in their life, and they're, they're asking for prayer. And you say, well, did you speak to it? Uh, no. You see, you're, you have more authority in your life than I do. I have more authority in my life than you do. 
Your words carry more weight over your body, your marriage, your finances than mine do or anybody else's. And so there's been this, I don't, this passiveness, this, this waiting and, and this, this ignorance of what we have. Anything that's causing you a problem, anything that's choking the life out of you, anything that's holding back what you need, don't be passive about it. And don't just wait day after day, week after week, month. For what? What, what are we waiting on? Speak against it. Huh? Demand it to stop in the name of Jesus. What we did without, I told you that one about that, that God had that tumor in his brain. What we did, I commanded that to die and dry up in the name of Jesus. I couldn't see it. He couldn't see it. He didn't feel anything. Nobody knew, but that's exactly what happened. <laughs> wasn't my power. Wasn't the man's power. It was the power and authority in the name above all names, the name in which every knee must bow and every tongue must confess. But we've been given that name. Oh, somebody say, I've been given that name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. I have a right, have a right to, use to use the name of Jesus in my life, in my life. Concerning, my affairs. concerning my affairs. I have a right, have a right to, use that name. to use that name. Ooh, glory to God. Glory to God. Your stomach's not working right. You put your hands on you. Didn't the Bible say believers would lay hands on the sick? They'll recover. I'm a believer. Hands. Right? If there's a blockage, if there's some kind of infection, some kind of inflammation, don't just wait endlessly about it. Curse it. Command it to die. Forbid it to function in your body. Anybody believe this in here? Just stand up on your feet. Let's do it right now.